This is Karen with Coach's Corner Chats. I just want to take a moment to say thank you, thank you, thank you for the support of this podcast. If you haven't done so already, hit that subscribe button and take a moment and fill out a review. It makes a whole lot of help in terms of growing and developing this podcast. Enjoy today's chat. Peace. Hey, this is Karen with Coach's Corner Chats, and joining me is Chris Jones. Chris, where are you at, and what are you up to? Yeah, at the moment, I'm the the currently the head women's soccer coach here at Rogers State University. And what kind of things you talk? We just hopped on real quick, and you said you're super busy. What things are going on? What's on your plate right now? Uh, you know, we're, we've only got two weeks left of our spring season, which is kind of uh, unheard of from a Division II standpoint. Um, so we only have two weeks left. So, you know, gearing up for games this weekend, um, getting training sorted, plus fundraising stuff. And then, um, you know, just had our first kid. So dealing with that stuff. And then um, uh, also the recruiting side of things as well. So everything's kind of all at once at the moment. So it's 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 been fun. Well, congratulations on the little one. That's Thank awesome. Thank you. Uh, where is Rogers State located? Where's it at? Yeah, so it's in Claremore, Oklahoma. So it's about, gosh, probably about 25 minutes uh, northeast of downtown Tulsa. So we're right outside the Metroplex of Tulsa. And how long have you been at Rogers State? Uh, a year now. Yeah, I got here uh, January of 2021. So when you arrived in at Rogers State, what were some of the things that were coming in you were like, these are a couple of things that I want to get in place uh, to kind of build on moving forward. Yeah. Honestly, the biggest thing for me was just trying to change the the mindset of the culture standpoint. Um, you know, and in my career, you know, minus my first job ever in the college game, you know, everywhere that I've been, we've had to, whether it was me or part of a coaching staff had to kind of turn around um, the culture side of things and, and make it better and, and make it, you know, more player center, holistic, um, so to speak, from that standpoint. So for me, the soccer side of things is easy to teach, right? I mean, you, you have tactics, you have a style of play that you want to play, you have, you know, principles to play, all that kind of stuff. It's the it's the other stuff that is hard to, to instill and then, you know, be consistent with it. So that was the first thing for me was, you know, um, kind of instilling, you know, the way that I coach and, and getting to know the girls really well. But the first thing for me was just you know, the culture side of things, how we want to operate as a team, not only on the field, but in the classroom, uh, in the community, we want to do community service, you know, when you're at spring break, which we just had, you know, when you're at home for the summer, all that kind of stuff. Um, that was kind of my number one goal. And when you look back on this first season, what were some of the takeaways that you took from it? Yeah. Uh, you know, we had a great start to the season. Um, and I, and I told the girls that, you know, I've been doing this for 10 years now and, um, you know, every team has a dip in the season. It's how do we minimize the, the dip in the season to, to make us, to keep us competitive. Um, unfortunately our dip took a little bit too far of a fall, uh, in the middle of the season. So it's just being consistent with our, with our, um, our behaviors and our, uh, attitude towards wanting to reach the goals that we set, uh, the previous, the previous spring. And even in the, in, in preseason camp, uh, not only for yourself, but for the team standpoint, um, being able to, to keep those goals in mind and, and not have to, you know, talk about them or revisit them a whole lot and, and kind of have that intrinsic motivation to, to want to achieve those goals. And um, obviously with, with, with coming in my first year, we were super competitive in every game. Um, you know, we played the number one team in the nation four games in and, and, you know, we lost two one on a very questionable penalty call, but 
um, you know, we're taking huge strides in, in, you know, the way we want to play, the way we develop the, our mentality and, and, you know, our, our, uh, competitiveness before we even show up to the field. So it's just a matter of being consistent with it and being intensive with it, um, is, is kind of where we want to go this spring. You mentioned coaching for 10 years. Let's go back even further. When did you get the soccer bug? Like, when did you get into this kind of passion of soccer? You know, I've always loved it. Um, my goal, to be honest, was, you know, one of my biggest um, idols growing up was my high school coach. Uh, he was a biology teacher, uh, high school coach. You know, I was fortunate enough to be to go to a high school that we were extremely good. Um, when I was there, we actually won two state championships uh, when I was there. So that was kind of my goal was to be a science teacher and, and be a high school coach. Um, but my girlfriend at the time, my wife now, she was like, why don't you look at the college route? And I never really thought about it, uh, to be honest. And then just started applying for jobs and, you know, had a few interviews and, you know, got lucky to to get one pretty much straight away. And, um, you know, I was when I played. So I played a Division two school here in, in here in Oklahoma at Northeastern State. Um, I didn't have the greatest experience. The, the coach that was there wasn't um, the best coach for me. Uh, so I ended up transferring. Well, back then there was no transfer portal or, or people didn't really tell you or, or really give you the the blueprint of how to transfer. So uh, I had a couple uh, club teammates that just went to the University of Oklahoma, played on the club team there. My mind was, you know, I'll transfer for the spring, go, you know, keep my fitness up, play on the club team, transfer back out, right, to another school. Um, transferred to OU, fell in love with the club team, the setup, everything like that. Team was actually better than my college team. So uh, ended up running that my, the next year. And then I was able to be a practice player for the women's team. And that kind of got me really wanting to be a coach, just being on that side of things and, and developing a relationship with the head coaches that were at OU. Um, we actually went through a kind of a firing process um, my first year at OU when I was there um, and then the hiring process as well. So seeing like the, the backs, the back door, the, the ins and outs behind the scenes from a coaching standpoint at the college level. What was it about the high school coach that stood out to you that made you say, I want to be like him? Uh, you know, it was just his charisma, his, you know, relationship building with us, whether you're a freshman that wasn't even playing, only playing JV or, you know, a standout all American or all, all state senior kid, um, you know, and, and, and being able to connect with us in a way that was different than our club coach. Um, not saying our club coach is bad. It was just different. Um, and you get to see him every day. So, uh, and we were successful and, and, you know, being able to see, you know, how, what it takes to be a successful high school program. It just kind of really like, I was like, man, I want to do that when I grow up. You talked about the experience at Oklahoma. What was the, what was it like making that decision to leave and go and, and go to club. And in a lot of minds, it is kind of a step back, but I've heard the same thing. A lot of club teams are very, very competitive. You know, it was extremely difficult because I went to college with, you know, four of my best friends that I've known since I was 11 years old. Uh, we played on the same club team, our whole club career. And then we went to college together. Um, and my best friend to this day still is, you know, he played all four years there, but for me, it was just, it, it, it came down to, you know, I love the game so much and I'm just, it's making me very unhappy. And I don't, I just don't know what I would do without soccer. So for me, it was in order to get the love of the game again, I have to leave this environment. And, you know, it was extremely difficult, but luckily I found a home that, you know, not only reinvigorated my love for the game, but, you know, 
gave me more of a managerial role, so to speak, obviously running the club team and, um, you know, very early on in my OU career. And then, you know, fortunate enough for me, being able to be a practice player for the women's team for three years was, was unbelievable experience. I was going to ask, what is that experience? Like, what is it? Cause I see it with basketball teams and stuff they bring and it's, it's a bunch of males that are kind of practicing against girls. What, what kind of was your role and like in terms of practices and, and so on? Yeah. So when we, when I first got, you know, was able to, to, to be a part of the team, uh, I don't know if you, you probably know him, but Graham Abel, um, who's now the university of Oregon head coach, um, he was the goalkeeper coach at OU and, so honestly, all of us would just go help train the goalkeepers, um, you know, help him out, being able to put them under different situations. Obviously, um, you know, having more people as a goalkeeper trainer is, uh, you know, huge without having to take away from the rest of the team, uh, team training stuff. So, um, you know, we're kind of at the, we were kind of at the disposal of the coaching staff, you know, would really whatever they needed. Um, you know, we had to get up at 6 a.m. with everybody else and go train and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and to be honest, you know, as a regular college student, sometimes it's, it's hard to do, but, um, you know, I was just really passionate about being there. So that was, that kind of helped me in the transition. Uh, when Matt Potter came in, him and I formed a really good relationship and I was able to, you know, pick his brain about certain things. And he kind of showed me the ins and outs of, of coaching on the coaching side of things as well from that standpoint. So, um, and, and so pretty much just kind of being at the call at the, the coach's disposal, whatever really they needed, whether it was, extra players in an activity or, you know, just, you know, goalkeeper trainer or, you know, playing level 11, 11, just filling in, you know, roles that needed to be filled in, whatever it may be. Um, you know, in one week I could have played anywhere from center back to, to central striker in, in any given week. So it was just, you know, you kind of had to be versatile. Do you think in your mind, was that part of the plan of uh, this is one way I can get my foot in the door is being in the mix or was it just an opportunity and you just kind of took it and then it ballooned into what we see you now? Yeah, honestly, like I really didn't think anything beyond like, you know, to be honest, getting free gear, free Nike OU gear, to be <laughs> honest, um, you know, put in this whole, all this hard work and we were able to get a bunch of gear from them and that was really it for me. I mean, I didn't really think anything of it, you know, long-term, so to speak, until it was time to, to graduate and make a decision of what my, what my career is going to be like. Um, and then really kind of buckled down. I was like, yeah, maybe this could be a great resource for me. Um, and it turned out to be, so I was really great. I'm really grateful for that experience. You look back, you mentioned, I think it was coach Potter when he came in, how, how important or invaluable were those conversations you had with him in terms of kind of just picking his brain and kind of learning some of the ins and outs before you moved on? Yeah. I mean, it was probably still some of the best conversations I've ever had just because, you know, going from not knowing anything about the college game and how it works to, you know, anything from travel to uh, recruiting to, team travel or, um, you know, gear orders or, you know, all of this kind of stuff. Cause he came from Washington state and, you know, it's two completely different programs run completely differently um, from an academic standpoint, from a, just a department standpoint, all of that stuff. Um, it just like a tactical standpoint, you know, getting the reading his mind and, and picking his brain about the tactical standpoint of things and, and, you know, how they train and, and what's important to them and their style of play and how they approach, you know, team meetings and, and what's important to them in team meetings and how often do they have them and stuff like that. So, I mean, even to this day, I mean, it's just, it's just great 
you know, things that I learned from him that I will, I will always carry with me in my career. So you're finishing up at OU. What's the next step in your, in your journey? So I, I w- had the opportunity to, to have a f- quite a few interviews, um, you know, as my application started to go around and, and I was applying for jobs. Um, I had a great interview at Fort Hayes State uh, up in Kansas, Division II school up in Western Kansas um, with, with, with Craig Shaw and, and his former assistant that was there, Joe Nemzer. Um, and, you know, I had a, a, a great time and, you know, he offered me the job pretty much right after my interview. So uh, I told him, yes, you know, that was, I didn't really know anything else, you know, didn't know that to wait or, or whatever the case may be. So I just jumped at the opportunity. They had just come off uh, going to the NCAA tournament. So it was one of those, you know, they have a great program, all this kind of stuff, different experience for me as well. Um, you know, unfortunately, if I would have waited, uh, Matt actually offered me the volunteer assistant position at OU that summer at summer camp when I was working. But um everything works out when it, what it's supposed to work out. And, you know, I went up to Kansas for, for two years and, and worked at Fort Hayes and loved every minute of it. What were some of the things that you remember, like your takeaways from that experience up in Kansas? Uh, first thing is, is Hayes, Kansas is um, very isolated. Uh, and <laughs> basically it's, it's, it's definitely, it's, it's a great town. It's, you know, it's, it, it was a great place to be. Um, it's just kind of far away from everything. Um, it's literally smack dab in the middle between Denver and Kansas City. So um, recruiting, you definitely had to to drive four hours to fly out somewhere. Or, you know, we drove 10 hours to Dallas every once in a while. Um, and, you know, on top of that, you know, I wasn't getting paid much. So I, I, I started coaching high school as well. So I was definitely very, very busy from that standpoint um, and, and kind of doing both things at once, which was daunting and fun at the same time. Um, and, and obviously get my master's degree too. So it was, it was a great experience for me. And, and, you know, I, I'm a goalkeeper coach by trade. So for me to, you know, when, when Craig gave me the range to just the goalkeepers yours and, you know, run with it, that was, that was kind of cool as well. And then obviously from a, from a assistant standpoint, being able to jump in two feet first and from a scouting report standpoint, from a recruiting standpoint, all of that kind of stuff. When you look back at it, what are some of the, the differences between when you were dealing with the high school versus when you were dealing with the college level? Uh, just maturity, really. Um, you know, unfortunately with the NCAA stuff, I wasn't able to coach girls. So I actually coached guys in high school and, you know, I, it made me very much appreciate being on the girl side um, from a, from a attitude standpoint, from a ego standpoint, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's just completely different. You coach them and the way they appreciate certain things and certain aspects of what you do for them, uh, especially as an assistant. Obviously, you know, there's a chain of command and the assistant's kind of the first one that they go to for for certain things. And, you know, I would happen to be that guy for them. And, um, you know, being able to kind of get my, my I guess, feet wet as far as like failure and, and all that stuff with the high school was, was definitely a good experience for me. And being able to use that and, and see like what worked and didn't work for the college was, was something that was a great, a great experience for me. What was it like as well when you ended up at the school in Kansas, you said they just came off the NCAA tournament. And one of the things you always hear is once you're at the top, it's hard to stay at the top or to keep that. So what were some of the things you learned about, like, yes, we've done great, but we got to keep improving each year, year in and year out. 
Yeah. And I mean, to be honest, it's just consistency. It's just being able to you know, one, keep the, keep the team that you have and keep some of the girls happy and keep them on campus. And then just make sure that you replace what you, what left or what you got you there and, and make sure that you're, you're continuing to um, challenge them at training and not get complacent in the, in the training aspect of things and the development side of things uh, and, and really just, just hone in on what makes you successful and, and just keep at it. You mentioned the, placement of the location of the university how does a coach sell that to players that are coming in because i've talked to other coaches kind of in similar boat as you how do you go about saying look i know it's not per but what are your selling points for something like that when it's maybe location isn't ideal you know it just depends on the university itself um you know the university in in you know in hayes understands their location so they make sure that everything else that they can control favors kids that want to go to school there. So whether it's cost of attendance or, you know, giving certain scholarships to states that you wouldn't really think of, or, you know, discounted, you know, stuff for, for states that, you know, whether it's bordering states or certain states around them, um, basically to entice people like, Hey, our cost is so low. Why wouldn't you want to come here? Um, and then once you once you have that in place from the school standpoint of things, it's pretty easy to recruit as far like the, especially the parents. Right. Because you recruit you recruit the kid, but really you're recruiting the parents because they're the ones paying for the school. So, you know, if you can get their bottom dollar almost close to zero, the better it is for them. So um, that's really what it came down to. So two years there, then what's the next jump for you? Yeah. So I, you know, I had. um had I was lucky enough to have some head coaching job um, interview opportunities uh, come my way very early on in my career. So I was 26 years old. Um, you know, I interviewed for a couple of head coaching jobs, was a finalist for a couple, and then, you know, was offered um, a head coaching role at 26 in the same conference, actually, um, in the in the capital city of Kansas in Topeka uh, at Washburn University. So it was it was a little bit hard for me to take just because, you know, Fort Hayes does play Washburn twice a year, the way that the conference is set up. So it was going to be weird for me to play the team that I just left. Um, but it was an opportunity, one, for me to, to jump into a full-time role. Um, and two, for me to be able to um, be a head coach at a division, at the division two level at a very young age, um, which is what I wanted to do. You know, I wanted to take this coaching journey as far as I can. And I was able to do that. And, and luckily, you know, uh, the athletic director, uh, Lauren was, I mean, he gave me the opportunity and, and I wanted to make sure that I was going to make the most of it. You mentioned something there with the athletic director. How important is that part, that piece of the coaching experience when you're taking over a new program? Just the building the relationship with an athletic director is huge. Uh, you know, my first season there, I, we would meet every Monday after a weekend and go and, and just recap the weekend. Um, you know, I was 26 and, and, you know, I was very energetic and a lot of the coaches that were there had been there for a long time. So it was, I was kind of the new guy, the new blood, the young guy, whatever you want to call it. So, you know, we met every Monday and went over the, the ins and outs of the weekend and what happened, what didn't happen, you know, what went wrong, what went right, all that kind of stuff. And, and we built a very great relationship. Um, you know, he, he knew my fiance at the time and, and wanted to know more about my life and, and all that kind of stuff. And we built a really, really, really good relationship. So any advice that I can give to young coaches is, is go make friends with anybody in the administration, because at the end of the day, 
they're the ones that are that are you know putting the hours, putting the work when it comes to game day management, ticketing, you know, fundraising, all that kind of stuff. So you know, any chance you can get to pick their brain or help out, the better it is going to be for you. You mentioned the fact that twenty six is young to be rock and rolling as a head coach. How not only with the administration, but how do you deal with that with you know with your players and a number of them being who knows, 22, 23, it could be some 24-year-olds even older in the mix. How do you keep that kind of separate um, so it doesn't become an issue, I guess, in a way? Yeah, I mean, you just you just sit down and, and, and you sit down with them and you say, like, listen, this is this is where we're at. Um, I know we're, we may be close in age, but, you know, you have to respect the fact that I'm your head coach now and, and you know, what I tell you and what I'm suggesting to you, you know, you can challenge it, but at, at the end of the day, like, I'm, I'm the head honcho, you know? Um, and I obviously being young too, uh, I think I kind of gave them a little bit more of a voice as well. So it kind of, they appreciated a little bit more, gave them a little bit more respect, gave them a little bit more um, opportunity to be, uh, I guess, in, in, involved in some decision-making when it came to the program itself, uh, which obviously is, is a big thing nowadays. So for me, it was, I think for them, it was, it was nice to have a younger head coach just for the sole fact that, you know, I, I, I have seen the, the old coaching style and, you know, I see the change and where it needs to go. Um, I wasn't perfect, but, you know, I, I was working my way through the, the kinks of, of being a brand new head coach and, and I took over a zero win program. So, you know, we had to win games. So doing that as well and, and working through all that stuff was, I think helpful for them too, because they saw that I was there. I, I wanted to be there for them. So they wanted to respect me and my, in my title. Oh, you just mentioned the no win type thing. When you go in, what are some of the things do you just say, look, we're going to keep playing. We're going to get that first win. Or do you even focus on results as you were going into that? You talk about building culture uh, with Roger state. Is that kind of the same theme there? Yeah. So a little bit different scenario. So I got hired in July that year. Um, so I had basically uh, three and a half weeks to move and get ready for, for preseason camp and all that kind of stuff. I actually did my whole first season at Washburn as a head coach by myself. Uh, I didn't have an assistant or anything like that. So um, luckily for me, my, my fiance at the time, she was at, in physical therapy school. So I could be at the office for 16 hours a day, uh, sorting through everything, you know, training at seven o'clock at night, um, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, as as the season went on, you know, we 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 had a pretty tough preseason uh, non-conference schedule set up. Plus, our conference is, is probably one of the best D2 conferences in the country. So, you know, the first three games we were we lost. I think we tied one and lost two. I think we lost two one to, in one game, one zero the next game. And, you know, you could just see it on their face. You know, they, they hadn't won a game in 20 games and. Uh, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm looking at them and I was like, all right, we're not going to train today. We're just going to have a team meeting. And um, I was like, listen, guys, what is going on? And it, it turns out we had a three hour meeting and it turns out they were just so anxious to win a game that they couldn't do it. And I said, girls, at the end of the day, that's going to take care of itself. We just got to keep on the development side of things. we got to put our head down, keep working, keep getting better, keep learning the concepts that we want to learn from the way we want to play, all that kind of stuff. And eventually, I mean, we went five, nine and five that season, made the conference tournament, um, you know, all that stuff. And then the next year we went nine, nine and five, made the conference tournament again for the first time in program history. So, 
Um, you know, again, the culture side of things that works, uh, the springtime obviously is easier for us because it's a little bit slower time. Um, but when you're going through it, you got to lean on that culture side of things and kind of instill some of the, some of the things without trying to get too in depth. Obviously you're still working on games and, and whatnot, but, um, you know, for us, it was, it was just keep grinding that first season and, and results will happen. Um, cause you can see it. I mean, you know, we played, I think the number 12 team in the country, our second game, and we lost two one on a, on a, just a, just a silly error by one of my, one of my players. And, you know, she came off just distraught and I said, listen, it's going to happen. Nobody's going to play a perfect game, but it's a fact of how do we bounce back? And I think they finally kind of grasped that and was able to, to really feel the the shift. And, and you can see, obviously we made the conference tournament for a reason. So um, that first season was definitely a, a very low point at the beginning of the season. And then it turned into a very high point towards the end. So how many years at Washburn? And then once you finish up there, is that the jump to Rogers state or is there another stop in between? Yeah. So I was only there for a year and a half. Uh, my plan was to be there long-term. Um, you know, I helped, kind of invigorate some, I guess, new energy and stuff within the athletic department. Um, you know, I was kind of the, the front runner to build their, what they have now, which is their, um, their brand new indoor facility, which is amazing. Um, but the guy that hired me at Fort Hayes, uh, coach Craig Shaw, he um, got the head coaching job down at Texas A&M Corpus Christi, which is division one university down on the coast of, in Texas. And he called me up and said, you know, I want you to come with me. And I was, I was like, yep, my wife's from Dallas, you know, let's, let's go, you know, it's division one, obviously everybody here is division one, right. You know, it's bigger and better and whatnot. Um, so I just made the jump and was there for five years and then, you know, came to Roger state. So um, that's kind of where I went in between Washburn and Roger state. What was the experience assistant wise in terms of your stuff in Kansas versus the stop down in Texas? Um, how did the two, was it a maturity thing? The fact that you had had some time at Washburn where you were literally doing everything for the most part without an assistant or a staff. Um, how, how did you see the two experiences when you look back at them? Uh, the biggest one was just the comfortability factor. Obviously, you know, Craig hired me straight out of college. Um, it took a, it, it took both of us, you know, gosh, probably about a year to get really comfortable with each other, like in the working environment, the, the out of work environment, all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, I was with him for two years and I played against him for two years. So, um, you know, we became best friends through all of it. And when he when he asked me to come down and, and be an assi his assistant, I mean, it was. Yeah, the, the title of assistant is there, but I was I didn't really feel I just felt like another like another part of the head coach. Um, so the comfortability factor was huge. Um, you know, I'm I'm really I'm, re I'm a really good recruiter. At least I, I like to think so. So, um, you know, I like to I'm very good at building relationships. So that was one of the reasons when I got down to Corpus was to take over the recruiting coordinator aspect of things and then be the goalkeeper coach. So, um, you know, take a little bit off his plate from, from that standpoint. Um, and, but we had more on staff in, in Corpus too. So everything was divvied up a little bit easier. Um, but my experience as a head coach definitely helped from, a, from a, whether it was a, uh, you know, looking at things differently or looking at the scouting report differently or the, uh, the opponent differently or training differently. Um, since I was a year and a half removed from being with Greg to going back with him. So, I mean, it was, again, it was an unbelievable opportunity and experience for me to go down there for the past five years. During those five years, you talked about division one bigger. What, what were some of the things that stood out that makes, 
maybe like, oh yeah, this is clearly a division one environment. Uh, just the resources that you have. I mean, you know, being able to, to, to go recruiting to more places, expand your network a little bit more. Um, you know, I was on the road, you know, the first six months. Um, so when I left Hayes, there was, we had a student assistant there and he ended up taking um, him and another person ended up taking my role as the assistants in Hayes. Uh, so he actually came to us, came to Corpus with us. So for the first six months, we actually lived together. Um, you know, again, we had to turn around the program and, and, and all that kind of stuff. So we were on the road recruiting for six months straight. We lived in a condo on the beach and, you know, just we're on, was on the road pretty much every weekend, um, until August started. So for us, it was, you know, resources was, was the big one. That's a big difference. Um, you know, the staffing of, of things are a little bit different and, and all that kind of stuff. I'm not saying it's necessarily better, but it's just the number of, of, of people that are, are, are taking care of things or, you know, the budgets and, and all that stuff. That's really the big difference. So then after your five years, what, what causes you to decide, Hey, I might, I want to go try something new or maybe be a head coach again. And how does the next part move you all the way to Rogers state? Yeah. So, you know, at, as you see with division one and what's going on with division one, especially on the women's side of things um, with, you know, people getting let go or retiring or whatever the case may be. And, and, you know, uh, the way the game has gone and, and, and all these things are arising for whatever reason, I just looked at it and went, you know, I, it's just, I love the division two lifestyle. You know, it's a little bit more of a work life balance, a little bit more, um, not much, but a little bit. So, um, you know, and then there's, there's different things, obviously, you know, division two is very regionalized. So it's, a it, it's, I wouldn't say it's easier, but there's more opportunity to like to make the national tournament versus, you know, at the mid-major division one level where Corpus was at um, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I'm from Tulsa. So I was, I grew up here in Tulsa. So for me, I was really only one of my best friends that ever left the state. So for me to kind of come back home and do what I love. Um, and we talked about that and this is going to blow your mind, but we talked about my men, my kind of idol before um, with the, my high school coach. He's actually the men's coach here at Roger state. So hold on, my light. <laughs> we got those motion lights. So yeah. whenever I'm stagnant too long, they fall. Um, no, but he he actually started the programs here at Roger State. So um, so he's not he's the men's coach here. So for me to kind of work side by side with him and come back home and and it just, everything just felt right. Um, you know, I wasn't necessarily looking to leave Corpus. Um, unless it was the right opportunity, this just happened to be the right opportunity. Um, and it's kind of funny, you know, I lived in Tulsa. I had friends that actually went here and played at Roger state. Um, you know, the first few years, never been on campus. So until my interview, um, came on my interview and, and just loved it, loved, you know, all of the, the, the admin that was here, loved all the coaches I met. Um, the setup here is amazing. Uh, we have a great facility here. Uh, I just, I didn't see a reason why we couldn't be successful and be one of the premier teams in our conference um, moving forward. So it was kind of a no brainer for me. The one thing that I've heard over and over again is uh, a girlfriend at early on in high school to fiance to now clearly married and, and have the little one, how, and, and mentioned her kind of being like that, no, you need to go after the co college experience and go after that. How important has she been 
and you talk about uh, work-life balance, what has she meant in terms of your coaching journey um, and all of the little stops along the way? She's been huge. I mean, you know, every decision I've made, you know, she's made with me. It's it's kind of been a tag team effort. Um, I'm fortunate enough to where, you know, she's a physical therapist. So for me, she can go anywhere. Um, you know, she can get a job anywhere. She, you know, the minute I, it was announced that I was coming here, she already had full, like three job offers. <laughs> um, so for me, for me, I'm very, I'm extremely blessed that I have a wife that, that isn't a profession that's very, mo- that can be very mobile. Um, and, you know, we always, we make this decision. She actually made the decision for me to come to Roger state. Um, kind of funny. We, we were in Breckenridge for her birthday when, uh, I got the job offer and, I told her, I was like, I don't think I'm going to take it. And she was like, you're taking it. And I was like, okay, you know, you're the boss. So, <laughs> um, but you know, it's, she, she, she's been great for me. I mean, she, she challenges me. She, she kind of gives a different perspective from, um, you know, kind of a more logical standpoint, more than an emotional standpoint um, on certain things. And, you know, she's a big part of everything that I do. So, you know, during the season, she would come run yoga sessions with the team on Saturdays and do all that stuff. And, you know, she's great. She's great. All the girls love her um, and all that stuff. So she's been a huge uh, part of my career. In terms of her being involved with the team and now with the little one, and I'm sure you'll have, um, is it a he or a she? He. So you'll have him running around at some point when he's up and about. How important is that for your team, your players to see, not just you, but like, who you are as a person like oh that's his wife and oh she's awesome and she does yoga and we're doing all these fun things how important is it for you to interweave all of that on top of hey i'm the coach kind of role it's huge i mean you know because again it goes back to our culture right so we we kind of approach it from a holistic standpoint of you know it's it's easy for me to tell you you need to do this this and this and this well what if i'm not doing it you know so if if i'm not going to be a part of it then why do it at all so for me, you know, one of one of our, you know, culture values or pillars or whatever you want to call it, I mean, is a family aspect. And, you know, if if I'm not living that and I'm not allowing my family to be a part of our Hillcat family, then then why have that as one of our core values? So for me, I mean, it's great because one, they get to see me in a different light as well. Right. With my wife and, and my son now and um, they get to see, you know, what my family is and, you know, Cause she comes to all the home games and, and all that stuff. And then obviously doing the yoga, they get to, you know, pick her brain about certain things and whatnot. So it's huge for me to, for her to be around and, and now my son to be around to, to have them see that and, and be a part of that. You mentioned earlier at Washburn doing everything at Roger state. Do you have some staff this time? I do. Yes. Yes, I do. So I have, I have, a, I have an assistant and, and two GAs basically, which is, which is, I'm very blessed with. So um, it, sometimes it's, it's difficult to, to make sure that everybody's on the same page, but um, just because the, the two grad assistants are obviously in school and then my assistant is going through a grad program too. So um, being able to, to have those to lean on and, and make sure that, you know, things are getting right or I'm getting a different perspective is huge. Have you always been a, I guess in my words, like a busy bod, like someone that's always talk about 16 hour days while my wife's doing physical therapy. Um, when someone hears I'm running an entire college program by myself, but I'm also doing some high school. Like, are you always one of those that kind of is, if I don't have anything going on, I don't know what to do with myself. 
Uh, yes and no. Um, I can, I can just like not do anything. Um, you know, it's kind of weird. I don't get bored. So like whatever we're doing is fine. Um, but when I need to do something or get something done, it's going to get done, whether it takes me two minutes, two days, whatever it may be. Um, I'm a very good multitasker. So, uh, you know, whether it's recruiting or phone calls or training or whatever the case may be, um, it's going to get done. Uh, so that's kind of where I, my headspace was at during that first season was all this stuff needs to get done. I have the space to do it. So it's going to get done um, from that standpoint. One of the other things you talk about just being busy, what types of things does, you know, Chris do to get away? Like what are some things that you do to kind of like, oh, I got to just turn off soccer for a little bit and I'm going to go off and just do some things. What kind of op, you know, activities do you take care of? Uh, I play a lot of golf to be fair. Um, that all that frustration from, from soccer gets taken out <laughs> on the golf course. Um, no, once a month, uh, you know, I have a bunch of buddies once a month, we go play, um, kind of a uh, two man scramble tournament, so to speak, uh, once a month. So that's, that's a good getaway for me. Uh, I work out, you know, almost every day, whether it's running, uh, in the gym, whatever the case may be, that's a good, that's a good one for me. Um, I like to read, you know, again, my wife's a physical therapist and she gets a bunch of like journals. I'm kind of a nerd when it comes to like the, the movement of the body and stuff like that. Um, so I like to read all of her journals when they come in about, you know, movement of the body or biomechanics or, or, you know, different ways to do certain things. Um, but really it's just, you know, I, I just soccer's life. I, it's, it's hard. I mean, watching the premier league on, on the weekends, it's a huge one for me as well. Uh, Champions League throughout the week, Europa League, because I'm a United fan um, on Thursdays, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I just it it's funny because, you know, you everybody says you want to get away from the office. Well, my job, I can't really get away from the office necessarily, but I, I definitely make time for, for my family, my kid and, and and make sure that I am away from the field as much as I can be. If you look forward now is do you feel like Roger State is kind of your place and you want to kind of build and see what becomes of it? Or is this one of those times where you're like, if an opportunity opens itself up, we might go for it? No, I mean, I one of the reasons why we move if we moved, my wife said, you know, we're not going anywhere else. Like, so I, my goal is to, to stay here as, as long as possible, um, hopefully retire here build this, build this program to what I think it can be and just do it consistently year in and year out. Um, from here on out, uh, you know, I've, I've chased the D one dream. I've chased the power five stuff, you know, who knows down the road, my mindset might change, um, from that standpoint. But for me, it's, it's all about, you know, being here at Roger state, uh, you know, when I left Fort Hayes that next season, they, you know, I think they won a, a conference championship. My second year, they won a conference championship, something like that. Um, I was building the Washburn program with 518 months and I left that I left Corpus, you know, at kind of the, the better time when we, when we were getting, you know, better players in and, and really recruiting and, and seeing our, our, the fruits of our labor. But, you know, I've always been somewhere and left at the time where we're here and then we're about to take off and I'm gone. So I would like to see it come full circle. Uh, so that's kind of my goal too, is to stay here as long as possible. The other thing you mentioned was now the men's coach is your old high school coach. What has it been like to go from like coach player relationship to now 
we're on the same level. We're both coaches. How has that relationship kind of evolved? Uh, it's kind of hard to say because it was 15 years in the making. So um, it's it's we had such time uh, enough time removed to to really kind of start over. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we reminisce about you know the days that we were you know he was my coach and all that stuff. But for the most part, he looks at me and I look at him as more of a colleague and and still a mentor to me because you know obviously he's been here since the start of the programs and and I get to k- pick his brain and and hopefully help move both the programs and the department into a, a, a different, I guess, era, so to speak, or give different ideas or different ways we can do things. But, um, you know, not much plays into, you know, he was my coach and all that kind of stuff. I don't, he doesn't treat me like that anymore. So, which is good. Luckily there's been enough time removed for me to be able to be more of a, of a colleague to him than, than a player. The other thing that I've, enjoyed is the fact that you've had the coach um in kansas who's now brought that brought you to texas and how important has that been to have people like one your wife who's been like your biggest fan like yes you're gonna go do it we're gonna do this um but also to have these other coaches around that have like kept pulling you along like hey come on over here i want you to come here how important has that been in terms of your development and this process oops coaching journey it's been huge. I mean, you know, Craig, Craig is one of my best friends. He was in my wedding, uh, Hunter, who was our other assistant. He was in my wedding as well. He's another one of my best friends. Um, and it's that old adage, right? It's not necessarily what, you know, it's who, you know, kind of thing, especially in the soccer world. Um, you know, it's no, you know, somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody. And, you know, that's kind of how the, this world works and, you know, being able to pick their brain off of, off of, especially Craig's off of his experience and, and kind of what his thoughts are. I mean, he's the one that was like, you know, you're stupid not to take this job. Um, when I told him that I was on the fence about it kind of thing. So for me, I mean, it's been a, it's been a great relationship and, and one that we continue to have. I talk to him probably every two weeks, just about what's going on with his program, you know, what's going on with my program, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I was so invested in his family. So, uh, you know, I saw his little girls grow up uh, through through all the years and and all that stuff. So, I mean, it's just great having those those experiences and those those moments with those people that you just never know at any given moment that they may get something that you just want to be a part of. Being a United fan, does that mean the little one has the, the United onesie and all that type of stuff? Or oh, yeah, he's got a United onesie already. He's got a full kit. He's got everything. Yep. So we're <laughs> we're ready to go. And uh, in terms of uh, like the future and all that type of stuff, is that something you'd like to see your son get into? Or are you kind of like if he gets into soccer, great. If not, you know, I'll support him do, doing whatever. Yeah, the wife and I kind of talked about it. Um, we're kind of on the, well, she wants me to be on the just let him figure it out kind of thing. I will push it as much as I can, but ultimately it's just going to be up to him. Um, I did tell her, I said, if he does choose soccer, I'm not being his coach. Can't do it. Can't do it. <laughs> the other thing I was going to ask is parenting and being a father. How has that kind of, has that changed you in any way in terms of how you look at coaching or because now that with that relationship with father son, I know he's young and what have you, but has that changed kind of your outlook, I guess, with working with the girls and like, you know, as they are developing and he's developing those types of things? Uh, not quite yet. I mean, he's only three weeks old, so not quite yet. Oh, but I will, yeah, yeah. So I will say this though, uh, you know, there is uh, like the Tulsa men's coach here in town, obviously they're a very successful program. 
Um, you know, his son, you know, plays at the high school that I played at. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he's a pretty good player. And I'll tell you that he is so inconspicuous when, you know, he goes to high school games or club games or whatever the case may be. And I kind of want to emulate that in an essence of just let him be a kid. And I, I think that's kind of helped me coach, um, you know, kids will be kids and they'll make mistakes and, you know, you can, you can be hard on them and you can, you know, have, give them consequences or whatever the case may be, but it's not always my way or the highway. It's, there has to be some compromise and, you know, input from them as much as input from me. Cause as much as they're learning, I'm learning too, you know, I'm making mistakes all the time and, you know, input from them or opinions from them is, is, is very wanted and, and, and encouraged, um, you know, and that's one thing that the girls have kind of enjoyed is, is having an opinion, having a, a say in, in not only what goes on with the program in a certain extent, but, you know, to me of, of, you know, how was the session? Do we need to change something? Yeah. We didn't like that. Or we love that. Can we do that again? All that kind of stuff. I mean, that, and that, and that kind of opened my eyes, obviously when my son was born was, you know, he's going to have a lot of times where he's going to be frustrated or, or, not happy with certain things. Well, when do I step in? When do I not? When do I need to figure things out? Or when do things out? And I think that coaching that way will help me, I think, in the parenting side of things to kind of flip it, so to speak. That is an awesome point and a perfect way to shut this chat down. This is Karen with Coach's Corner Chats with Chris Jones, and I'm out. Peace. Chris. What a great chat. Thanks for checking it out. If you haven't done so already, follow us on Twitter at Coaches Let's Chat. Hit that subscribe button. And once again, if you get a chance, drop a review. It's super, super helpful for growing the podcast. Have a good one. Peace.